0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: This is being Bumo. A podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Welcome back to another episode of Being Bumo. So today's episode is a little different because it's not your usual interview that I do here. And honestly, I want to find a place here on the podcast where it's a bit more conversational about topics that us parents and myself personally that I'm actually interested in. And so I thought I'd try out this format and please let me know if you guys like this format because it's a lot more, I don't know, casual, conversational. It's not me interviewing someone, but we're just having a casual conversation. So I hope that you guys enjoy this format. Anyway, so today's topic is a topic that I've been really, really interested in because it's all that's on my mind and consuming me right now, just because we are in the thick of summer break. And I know most parents are on the same boat and we are just at home with the kids. And, you know, I know some kids are at camp, part time, full time. I don't know. Everyone's situation is a little different. But for the most part, I think we can all agree that we're spending a lot more time with kids at home. And though it's exciting to be spending a lot more time with them, it also leaves sometimes parents, myself included, feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Is that okay to say? But that's just the reality. Most of us still have to work and these little ones are all around us, right? But also a great chance to be creative and try out some new things and create great memories along the way. By the way, I just got back from Disneyland yesterday. It was really, really exhausting. I think, I don't know, it's either that I'm just getting older or I'm just getting more tired easily. I'm literally taking like a full day to recover because my body just cannot handle it anymore. We left really early, got there at 9am, came back by 9pm. Yes, we were there the whole day. I mean, we made a lot of amazing memories and the kids just cannot stop talking about it, which makes me so happy. And I know that it was worth it for them. But To be really honest, I cannot see myself doing Disneyland or another amusement park again in a very long time. It's just taking me a minute to recover. I mean, I guess it just comes with age. Anyways, so today's episode is all about easy things to do with kids this summer. I would like to call this five memorable things to do with kids this summer, but honestly, we ended up giving more than five tips. Um, So I can't really call it that, but maybe I will call it that. I don't know. Anyways, my guest today is actually a really good friend of mine. His name is Elijah Kim. And we, we as in like Boomo and also our friend group, we officially labeled Elijah as the fun dad of our group. And that is why I invited him on this show to talk about this topic along with me. He's someone who is non-stop with his kids and always constantly thinking of fun things to do all the time. Whenever I see him on Instagram or like on his stories, I'm like, Wow. Where did you come up with this idea? And he's also one of the co-founders of Boomo. I call him the silent co-founder because most people don't hear and see him in the forefront because you see mostly me and Joan, but he is definitely in the background, keeping the company moving and going. And I am forever grateful to him because I actually met my other co-founder, Joan, through Elijah. And there honestly would be no Boomo if there was no Elijah. So with that said, I hope that you guys really enjoy this conversation and it gives you some ideas, new things to do for the summer. All right. Enjoy. Hello, Elijah. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me.
1: I am excited to to have you as a guest because one, we talk almost every day, but not on the podcast, more so for business reasons. And two, you and I are really, really good friends. We've known each other for, I don't know how long, way too long. <laughs> Since the dinosaurs. <laughs> so long story short, Elijah is an incredible friend. Um, He started with me when I first started off as an influencer over a decade ago and he was helping me kind of broker deals because I had no idea what I was doing and he was helping me actually make it into a business. And so he's someone that I am forever, ever grateful for. I wouldn't have the career that I have today without him. And that was way before kids, you and I. And so we had a lot of time to just kind of experiment with different things. But now you and I are parents, you have two kids, Mackenzie and Matthew. How old are they? Uh, three and
0: five. Three, three and turning five. four
1: and five turning six. Wow. Yes. And so our kids are very similar in age and we've just kind of grown together as parents and it's been incredibly fun. But also i realized, and this is the topic of this podcast, is that during COVID, we were all kind of stuck at home. We were figuring out how to entertain these little ones. And I would literally just watch you and Ksenia, your wife's Instagram stories And I was like, I want to be quarantining with them. They look like they're having so much fun. And you guys would just get so creative on the different activities that you guys would be doing, whereas I was just doing the same thing over and over again. And so that's why I wanted you specifically to do this podcast topic with me, which is summer fun ideas for this summer. I think it's safe to say that Obviously COVID is not gone, but things are getting a little bit looser in a sense where people are venturing out You know, people are, Disneyland is opened, which is a really big sign. Zoos are opening back up. So it's a really exciting time. But I think as parents, we're all still kind of figuring out what feels right and what feels safe. And for the most part, even though me personally, I've been venturing out. We're actually going to Disneyland on Tuesday, which I'm a little nervous about, but also excited about. We've also been trying to be smart about you know doing those type of things once in a while one it's exhausting two it's expensive and three it's still not completely safe i would say so for the most part i'm still figuring out what i'm going to be doing this summer with them at home we don't really have any travel plans and i think a lot of parents feel the same way so i'm excited for everyone listening to this podcast because i know that they are just dying kids are out of school already my kids are out of school and i'm like oh my god don't tell me that you're bored again. Like it's only been like 30 minutes. So I'm going to go first and then we'll kind of, uh, kind of banter. I guess I could share one. Then you could share one. My first thing, which is something that I've already done, not for the summer, but I did it about two months ago and the kids had so much fun doing it is having a yes day. Have you heard of that before? Elijah? Oh boy, I'm, I, I'm
0: aware of it. I think that's very dangerous in my house. But you, you could help me, you know, elaborate, please.
1: So yes, you ha- the, the first thing is that it can be dangerous. So you have to be aware of that, but you have to set boundaries for a yes day. So for people that don't know what a yes day is, it actually got really popular after Jennifer Garner's movie that just came out, I think this past year. But it originated from a book by Amy rosenthal Cross. And basically it's a little boy in the story that gets a day where his parents can't say no to anything, which obviously sounds very, very scary. So I did my first yes day day a few months back and I realized that it could get there, like Mom, can I go to Target? Yes. Mom, can I get the soy? Yes. Mom, can I watch YouTube? Yes. Mom, can I? I mean, it could get bad, right? Mom, can I eat candy? Yes. Like, so it could obviously get really, really dangerous and bad. So what I've learned is that in order for the yes day to be safe and functional for the family, you have to create some boundaries. And so you could say you could only, on a yes day... You can't, I mean, you can set your own rules. Like for me, my kids are obsessed with candy. So I had to make rules around candy. I'm like, well, we're going to have a yes day, but you cannot have candy for dinner. If you want candy before dinner and you guys are still going to eat dinner, then that's different, but you can, you cannot replace candy for meals. And so I had like specific things that I knew that they would get to that could be dangerous for them and for us. And so that is kind of how we did our yesterday, and how we're going to be doing it for the summer. And it's like a big moment for us. Like I have it in the calendar of like this week or on the week of July, I don't know, like 17th. that is when we're going to be doing our yes day and we have like a big circle around it. And so they're just like thinking of ideas for that day and they just get really excited. It's like a big moment for them. So yeah, that's my number one idea.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it, it's like training them to be like little lawyers with like our agreements and what we're saying yes to, right?
1: But- oh my goodness. They are little lawyers. I mean, do you, I don't know about Mackenzie and Matthew, but do they like try to counter with you all the time? Oh
0: my goodness, all the time. And it's yeah. like a constant negotiation and, and they have like the sharpest memories of everything, right? Like you said that we could do this. So in, for instance, like yesterday or day before yesterday, we were out for a drive and Mackenzie really wanted to climb a tree. And I said, maybe we could do that tomorrow. And I hope that she would just forget about it. And then of course, tomorrow came. And then she's like, you said we can go climb a tree. And I was like, oh my God, it was like this light moment that I didn't think was any had any significant but she just kind of hung on to it, so.
1: Oh, kids are they will remember everything that you've said, even though you have forgotten about it. It it could be quite dangerous. So Oh yeah, they
0: keep us on our toes for sure all the time. And and this is where like, I you know, I guess going into like I, our first one and taking a big step back, you know, I'm with you. Like during, um and we're still not out of the woods yet, but you know, the early days of the pandemic, you know, we were very anxious to figure out what to do that was safe. And more often than not, it would just be drives, you know, because that was like the safest thing. You just be in the car and... Didn't have to wear a mask in our own car, right? And we would just go and explore our city. And, you know, with that, you know, I think we started to recognize that there was just so much, like we live in Los Angeles and LA is one of the most diverse places on the planet from, you know, cultural diversity, like, you know, uh, even the climate, you know, it's like we have the oceans to the mountains and, and, you know, we really got to experience LA from a completely different lens because, you know, now we were very intentional about finding places that one didn't have a lot of people. So places like Disneyland were totally out of the question and not Mm. even available until now. Right. And then, um, the other piece was, um, you know, what's something where they can learn and develop. And so as we're getting out of the pandemic, you know, and things are getting a little bit more safer, we're starting to look into activities that we would drive by or think about doing, but we couldn't do before. Mm. And so, um, my first one is around like just kind of outdoor education and physical activities and specifically like the, the two big ones for the summer are swimming. And the other one is golf. And so we would drive by, uh, we live near a golf course here and drive by it all the time. And, you know, I always thought, Oh, it'd be so fun to teach the kids how to play golf. And so very recently we just started playing golf and not really playing. I mean, you know, just doing some practice golf in the backyard, you know, just teaching how to swing. And then just very recently going to the actual golf course and, and doing some practice there. So that's been pretty exciting because that was an activity that we saw, but we were too afraid to do. And now we're starting to do it.
1: That's incredible. So two is finding kind of like a sport or activity that they could pick up on that you maybe not have imagined yourself teaching them at some point. I love that. I could imagine like little Matthew swinging a little golf, uh, what is that called? Uh, Golf club. Golf (laughs) club. Yeah. Yeah. So, so cute. And yeah, I think it's really important that we find ways to get our kids kind of moving their bodies. I don't know about your kids. My kids, they've gotten so used to being at home that sometimes I have to literally force them to get out. Like they don't want to go out. They want to stay at home. And I think that is quarantine kids, they just feel safe at home. And we've kind of built this kind of scary, I mean, not intentionally, but we're all figuring it out. And they're like, oh, outdoors is scary. And so they love being at home, cooped up at home. So now, I mean, we live right next to a park and I'm like, let's go out to the park. And they're like, no, I just don't stay at home. I'm like, no, we're going, we're going to the park, get your scooter, we're going. And so I think it's really important that, that we have some activity that will get their bodies up and moving. So that's awesome that they're they're learning golf. Both of my kids, our quarantine sport that we picked up was horseback riding. So I know not everyone has access to a ranch around them, but we live in a city where there's a lot of ranches. And it was the one sport that was outside and felt relatively safe because it was social distance and it was just one kid per teacher. And so that's a sport that they still continue to do. And I, something that I actually want to take on this summer for myself too. (laughs) Okay. So my next thing is, I guess this is summer activity idea number three. This one isn't as you know outdoorsy and exciting but it's something that is very very practical and something that is needed for all parents i believe because look kids are out of school but parents still have to work so the question and it's not realistic for us to think that we could take them out every single day to do things i mean elijah you have a full-time job Plus, um, I know that you're working heavily with Boomo and other projects. And then also, same with me, I have multiple businesses that I have to run. So it's not realistic for me to be fun mom every single day of summer. So I'm always looking for activities and things that they could do at home and that will keep them busy while I can work. And this is summer programming that you could find virtually. And so a little plug here is Bumo Brain. Uh, Boomo Brain program has such a wide range of classes, fun classes. And, you know, I think Mackenzie is one of our kind of like guinea pigs of Boomo Brain, right? Like we tested everything out with her to see if, you know, kids would be interested in it. And I think quite frankly, Boomo Brain is probably one of the only, if not the only virtual programming where they make learning super fun and it's like guilt-free screen time. So for instance, my daughter took a class called Chef Math and it was all about cooking. And we didn't say it was math class because the minute that you say that it's math class, she's like, oh, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like fun. But- we're like, oh, it's cooking class. And she actually learned how to add and subtract through this class. And so one, you feel less guilty as a parent of putting them in front of a screen, but two, they're getting something out of it And three, they they are obsessed with it. Like my kids are always asking me when their next Boomer Brain class is. And it's something that we look forward to and that I've used as a resource during the summer. So I will stack the Boomer Brain classes back to back. So each class is about 30 minutes long. And so I will intentionally put three Boomer Brain classes back to back. So that buys me about an hour and a half time to like just get plugged into emails or record a podcast. And, um, you know, they're at the age where they're able to kind of, do it themselves, which is really, really nice. So yeah, I I would say number three tip is find a summer program that they will have a lot of fun with. And Elijah, I know that you have your experience with more Brains. I don't know if you want to chime in there a little bit. Yeah,
0: no, 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 To pile on that, I mean, you know, and you're absolutely right. You know, sometimes we just, we, we need truly, not just want, but we need that like solid hour of heads down time. And this is where, you know, there the live classes are wonderful, but there's also our on-demand activities where, you know, I, I could feel guilt-free about getting McKenzie set up and learning something. I I am able to, you know, buy myself some focused, Time and just crank out some emails, and or if I know I have an important meeting coming up, I could just dial like into it, knowing that Mackenzie's settled, and not just settled, but she's learning, and so I feel good. It's like this this guilt that a lot of us parents have around, you know, just okay, I'm going to put a YouTube video on or something and we we all do it and we shouldn't feel guilty about it. But on the other hand, like when you can kind of kill two birds with one stone, or rather if you can have your cake and eat it, you should. And I feel yeah. like that's what we're doing with a uh, brain. And I know we have a little bit of a bias there, but nonetheless, like it's very real and it's been incredibly effective for me personally.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Athleta, a performance lifestyle brand for women committed to unlocking their limitless potential. The guiding principle that drives every design, beauty, innovation, and sustainability. Each style is crafted for the unique needs of the female bodies in motion. This summer, Athleta is your go-to short destination. Distraction-free and ultra lightweight, their shorts are designed so nothing can get in the way of you and your goals. From bike shorts to Bermudas, run shorts to everyday staples, they have your shorts, My personal favorite pair has been the Trekkie North Short because one, they're incredibly chic and two, they have such amazing stretch and three, they have lots of pockets, which I need because I carry a lot of things around. In honor of short season, Athleta is encouraging us to lead with our legs, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's running a new PR, climbing to new heights or standing up for what you believe in let your legs lead you forward. I've been wearing my Trekkie North shorts nonstop. I've been going hiking a lot lately and I just love the fact that it just feels so free and I'm able to just run, walk, chase my kids as fast as I can. And it just allows me to run, walk, or chase my kids as fast as I can all while looking chic doing it. Summer is a time to celebrate the legs that move us forward. Find your new favorite pair of shorts at Athleta and let your legs lead the way. Visit Athleta. In stores or online at athleta.com to shop their full range of shorts available in sizes extra, extra small to triple X. Kind of going off the topic of YouTube a little bit because this is something that I've been navigating quite a bit with Chloe now, and I've been talking to different parents about it. And you know, when summer rolls around, screen time is a big, big problem for parents, right? Because they are again, we all have to work still and the kids are out of school. So a lot of times kids are stuck on their iPad or they're on their phones and whatnot. And so I've been going back and forth on this and I feel like I should record another podcast around just like YouTube kids alone. Before it was like very innocent, like she would like watch Coco Melon, right? It's like babies crying and like cartoons and all of that. So I didn't feel too bad about that. But then now the content that she's into, though it's still YouTube kids, it's other kids reenacting adults. And not only just reenacting, but also unboxing and creating kind of like this, like life that kids cannot decipher if it's real or not. And that's been really concerning to me because there are times where Chloe would say things and I'm like, oh, that's not real. She's like, no, it is real. I saw it like that. So-and-so does it. And she has this and she lives in a mansion and she has this and this. And I'm like, oh, but, and that's my world. I'm like, yo, like I'm an influencer. Like I know this is all fake. Like this is all a setup. But then the dangerous part about these kind of scenarios for kids that are consuming kind of this kind of content of other kids is that they think it's real and that's a little dangerous for me. And I know this is kind of off topic of the summer programming, but it's still relative to this whole idea of screen time. So I'm just figuring out how to navigate you know, YouTube and if it's something that I want to keep around for her at this age or do I just delete it, which is like a really big move for me. But I feel like I, I'm kind of leaning on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a blessing and a curse, right? And this is where it's hard for us to be intentionally Next to them, curating what they watch and kind of really protecting because Mackenzie, similarly, she watches some of these quasi live action videos where it's for the most part, kids playing with dolls and kind of doing a voiceover. And every so often, like you have an adult doing it and it feels a little.
1: Yeah, to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but this is also where like we try to encourage you know educational content and to kind of take it back to like out to activities to do outside one of the things that we've gotten really into over the pandemic and it's a great habit that we enjoy is gardening and this is all credit to my wife Ksenia. like she's definitely got the green thumb in the house and um back uh, at her family's uh, summer house like they have a full like functioning mini farm. It's like, it's a garden, but it's literally like a miniature farm. By the way,
1: Ksenia's family is from Russia. So I'm sure they do a lot of like, I saw some photos that she posted and it seems like they're outdoors a lot, like doing gardening and all these incredible activities. So that's awesome that you adopted that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, a tradition in Russia is, you know, many Russian families have what they call a dacha. So like a lot of the the folks that live in large cities like Moscow, St. Petersburg or Novosibirsk, they have like their city home, but they also have their kind of country house or their summer house. Mm-hmm. And it's a very functional house. It's not like how we might think of a summer house here where it's like, oh, it's a vacation home. No, it's like, it's where you go and you work. It's not like, I'm just going to chill and do nothing ah. and stare at the stars. It's like, like, no, I'm going to grow vegetables and forage and, you know, and it's quite awesome in that, like, you're literally eating the freshest vegetables you can ever get because they're literally right off your own land. Right. Mm. Um, and this is where, you know, we've been very fortunate to bring some of that back with us. And so we have, you know, our own tomatoes that we grow our own potatoes, you know, California is a little tricky. I mean, actually it's very rich with nutrients and the soil, but also it's, it's kind of a desert, right. And so it requires a lot of water and we have a little bit of a drought issue here in California, but nonetheless um, you know, it's something that we all really enjoy because it's being outside and it's also it's exercise as well, you know, like shoveling and doing all that. Matthew loves doing that. And then going back to the YouTube piece is, you know, we are not shy about going to YouTube as like a, like a Wikipedia or like even using it as a Google search. So how to grow tomatoes effectively in, you know, this climate region and, or, you know, how to keep you know, mosquitoes are a big nuisance for us right now. So it's like looking into different tips and tricks about mosquitoes. But even beyond that, like learning about mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that came up was um, we discovered we had a termite issue. And then uh, Matthew became fascinated with termites because I would bring it up all the time and he would just, you know, lob it into conversation, not understanding what a termite was. He's like, <laughs> ah, the termites. And I was like, because he hears me so excited and energetic about it. And so, like, you know, let's learn about termites. So we sat down and did a quick search on termites on, on YouTube and, you know, and you can kind of tell what's sketchy and what's not, but not always. Right. And this is where we have to be quick on the trigger and be ready Mm -hmm. to turn it off or pause it, you know, because you never know. Right. Um, But, you know, it was really fun because we both got to learn. Where termites come from, why they, you know, live in our houses, and you know, how to get rid of them and different ways to get rid of them. And and so we we've also seen YouTube be a really wonderful source for education. Mm. And especially at Matthew's age, like where he's three, and everything's why, or what's this? And you know, like how does this work? You know, and I I feel like I don't know if you ever see the forky Disney Plus episodes, but I feel like, you know, I, I live in that every day where Matthew's constantly asking me, you know, simple but complicated questions like why is the sky blue why is the grass green and I'm like I don't know actually but rather than say I don't know or you know make something up I'll say let's go and learn about it together and then watch a YouTube video and then yeah and then go see it for ourselves outdoors
1: I mean I think that that could blend into like our fourth thing which what I think you mentioned gardening and learning about topics or some topics that you may not really be familiar with. So one thing that we did, and I'm kind of hijacking your your idea here because it just gave me an idea, is, and I've already done this without even realizing it, but Chloe's school started learning about butterflies. And by the way, I'm fearful of butterflies, which is so strange to say because they are the most beautiful creature. I know this, but when I see a butterfly, I start running because in my head, it's like, an insect with wings. (laughs) But we took one topic that she was learning about at school and we built like kind of a whole kind of world around it. So we uh, did our research. She learned about monarch butterflies. She researched about like what they ate, how long they live, where they go. And then I looked up some like butterfly activities and did that with her. And then from there, we actually went to, I mean, it was the death of me because I'm scared of butterflies, but we went to a butterfly kind of like a museum. It's here where I live. It's in a like botanical garden. They have a separate butterfly section. And we went there and she was so excited. And that whole kind of project took a course of maybe three weeks. So we did a little bit of butterfly activities every single day and ending it with like an actual hands-on experience And so I love that gardening idea is because it's like you're taking one concept, you're learning about it, you're researching it, you're teaching your kids about it, you're learning something about it and then you're actually doing it, right? And so I think that's a great idea. And I think a lot of parents are like, oh, well, for summer, like I have to do some lavish thing or like something where they're gonna have so much fun. But I think having these little things that you could do every single day and be consistent with it, And they'll always refer back like, oh, last year, like, remember we did that whole like butterfly thing or, you know, the gardening thing. And that's very memorable to them and also to you as well. So I love that idea.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so much low budget, no budget things (coughs) that, you know, we can do. I mean, quite frankly, it's like, you know, both kids, I think one of their favorite toys is literally a Amazon box, not what's inside the box, but it's like the actual box. And I'm like, of all things. And I'm like, okay, here we are spending a fortune on whatever, you know? And then meanwhile, it's the box that, gives them the most joy.
1: Oh my gosh, another idea. I mean, I think this would be number five. Literally take your Amazon boxes. And I think this is the same thing with kids and cut out a window, give them a marker and let them draw and paint the house. Like I did that with my kids last summer in the middle of covid and they played with that thing for at least a week. And like every single day they would be in the house. They even put blankets in the box and slept in the box. And yeah, you're right. I'm like, oh, you don't like the thing that I bought you, but you love the box. So just cutting out like a simple door or a window in a cardboard box will change their life and it'll keep them busy for at least a week. At least for my kids, it worked.
0: <laughs> oh, no, 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 absolutely. No, I think, I think we are certainly not alone. I hear this very often from other parents and it's just, fascinating how, you know, again, the low budget, no budget stuff just can go so long. Meanwhile, it's like the the fancy whatever toy or whatever, the flavor of the week, it's like they like it for a day and it's like, they're done.
1: And you know what I've learned with toys? Because I used to be one of those moms, especially with my oldest, because when we had our first, we we're trying to, I mean, we were spoiling her rotten, right? We didn't know we. she was like our first, so we want to give her everything. But As most parents have realized that the kids get over toys so quickly, they don't even care about the toys that you buy them or people buy them for their birthdays. It's one and done, like within a few minutes, if anything. But what I realized is when you do your research on a certain, I don't know, like let's say butterflies, for instance. And again, you learn so much about it. And then all of a sudden you buy toys and activities around this idea that you've learned. There's so much more value there. So for instance, with my kids, they are obsessed with horses. Like It was a quarantine activity. They started horseback riding lessons during quarantine, And I bought them books and we read books every single night to learn about horses. They know every single part. They know all the kind of how to clean a horse, how to like put a saddle on. They know everything because they've been reading books about it. And I also let them watch videos around it. Right. And so recently, maybe about five months ago, my dad bought them like a horse toy. Right. Like a legit, just kind of like an American doll size horse toy. And it blows my mind that still till this day, it's been five months. They play with that toy every single day. And I'm not just saying like five minutes, I'm talking about at least a good hour every day for the past month. And I've never seen them do that with any other toy in their life. And it, and it's not because this toy is superior. It's It doesn't do anything. It doesn't make sound. It doesn't move. It, it's, it, it's just a toy, a horse doll, right? But I think it's Because they have a certain knowledge and attachment towards this thing that they invested so much of their time and energy on, they see value in it now. And so I think kind of wrapping up this point of like finding a topic, but also when you're buying toys and activities for your kids, revolve it around the thing that they're learning and they'll value it so much more. So that's, that's what I've actually experienced in the past few months with my daughters. I love that.
0: No, I think it's, it's so uh, true and it's so powerful. You know, when they develop, you know, a healthy obsession or rather an affinity to something, it's like, you know, to just really ladder into it and encourage it, uh, but see how that could be leveraged to inspire different ways of playing or thought, you know, and even use it as an incentive to. Um, uh, we're not huge fans of bribing, but every so often you have to, right. And so, I mean, you're not a parent
1: um, <laughs> unless you have a little bribery in yeah. you.
0: <laughs> exactly. Right. No, totally. Totally. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a great win-win, especially when they're learning, they're developing, you know, and it's, um, and they're passionate about it. It's like, those are, those are the best.
1: And so my last kind of summer activity that I have on my list that I have not done yet, but I I am going to be doing this summer is going camping in our backyard. I wanted to do it last summer, but Colette, my youngest, she was way too young, but now she's almost three and Chloe is almost seven. And I like the idea of camping, but I'm not sure if we're quite there yet. So kind of like a practice run In our backyard with the whole tent situation, sleeping bag and all of that. And, you know, the girls are, they're kind of girly. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that because obviously that's, they're like that because of their mom, right? And... I want them to know that being in nature is okay. And like, you got to toughen up a little bit. And again, this took me a while because I hated camping growing up, but I had all boy cousins and I did it because of them. And though I didn't really love it so much, I did appreciate kind of the experience and... Now, when I look back on it, on my childhood, probably the most standout moments were when I went camping with my, my guy cousins, even though I hated it. And I like, just like was so scared of mosquitoes and bugs and all of that still am, but those were like the best memories. And so my whole thing is like just creating memories this summer, things that you know, that will challenge them just enough. That's something that they usually wouldn't do. But also the best memories are made during those times. So my thing is going camping in our backyard. No, I love that. I
0: love it. You're very brave. It's something that we've toyed with, but I think we're still pretty shy about it. Elijah, your backyard
1: is quite scary because it's literally the woods. So I I don't know if I would go camping in your backyard. So I, I understand why you wouldn't do that. Ours is just like a little... It's like a little deck, so it's fine, but yours is like massive. So I understand. I I feel like a coyote can jump out of your backyard, which
0: they do. In fact, so that's, I think that's probably one of the other big reasons why we avoid it. Although the coyotes are more afraid of us than than we are them. Well, actually, we are quite afraid of them, but, (laughs) but that all said, you know, it's like, you know, being able to just connect with nature and, and in an extra, extra intentional way where you're overnight. I mean, you know, for centuries we were living like that, you know, we were, you know, a Bedouin tribal, you know, and, and it wasn't only, it was just in the past couple hundred years, like we have, you know, roofs over our heads and only in the past hundred years, like running water and, you know, whatever electricity and things like that. So, you know, obviously we are very capable as As human beings, it's just, you know, we have unlearned a lot of these basic skills of like, you know, having a fire or cooking our own food. It's like, you know, if it doesn't have a microwave or directions, it's like we don't know. Like, it's just kind of crazy. So I definitely um, I applaud you for doing that. (laughs) We want to do that sooner than later, but I think it will be a minute. But yeah, I guess, you know, for our last one, you know, it's especially with L.A. slowly opening up um, the museums, we've missed a ton. So just getting back into museums like both art uh, but also science museums and, and the zoo as well. The zoo's actually been open for quite a while now. We're finally renewing our zoo membership and it's just we're really excited to get back into engaging with all of these different resources where it's it's fun, but it's also educational. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's been a crazy, you know, like for all of us working parents, you know, and parents just generally, it's like, um, it's been a, a crazy past 12 plus months, but you know, it's, uh, we've also learned how to do things that we would never have learned before and, you know, try different things. And so it's, uh, this, this summer is, I mean, we're in summer now, so it's, it's exciting.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I feel like if anything, what, what we're really excited about is being able to do those things as well. The things that we truly loved, family, like going to the zoo, going to the aquarium, museums, which I haven't exposed the kids to yet, which is so exciting that we're able, we're at a place now where we're able to use that as an option. But if anything with coming out of COVID, I think it's really challenged us parents to think outside of the box. And sometimes our most exciting activities come right out of our own homes. And it's had to, It it's challenged us to use certain muscles that we were kind of lazy using, especially for me before I would just be like, oh, we'll just like go somewhere. We'll go to the park or we'll go to the zoo. But now it's like, okay, what can I make out of nothing, right? What can I make out of this box that will get them excited? And so kind of still keeping to that. And that's something that I really, truly enjoyed I mean, I was, I would be lying if I said it was easy, but I truly enjoyed actually learning about myself is that I have those skills. I have those abilities to do that for my kids and create long lasting memories. And kids don't necessarily need the fanciest or most lavish vacations. It, it's the memories and the things that they do with you that they'll remember forever. So summer 2021. Oh, another thing quickly because I know that we have to go. But one other thing that I don't even know what number we're on. I think it's like number six at this point, but, um, or maybe number seven, I don't know, is making popsicles. It's super easy. Like literally the easiest thing. We got the popsicle molds from Amazon and every week, I think usually on a Tuesday night, we'll just like pour their favorite juice or sometimes we'll like, do it in a smoothie form and we'll just pour it in there. And then the next night we'll eat the popsicle outdoors. And it's like those small things, like these little traditions that we've created from last year's summer that they're excited to do again this year. And again, just the little things that they get super excited about. So...
0: No, oh, I yeah. love that. You know, actually, like similarly, we we did we learned that, you know, pizza, like it's uh it's not, you know, it's something I never grew up ever making my own pizza unless it was a microwaveable one. But you know, Trader Joe's sells pizza dough. And you know, the kids love Play-Doh. And so they love to like just make their own pizza and just kind of mush it all up and you know, pat it down and then add their own little toppings. And unbeknownst to us until like the pandemic, we're like, oh my God, we can make our own pizza. It's really that simple. And it really is. It's just like in they have so much fun just like playing
1: and getting
0: through that. That's a really good one.
1: I did that once. My friends hosted like a a play date and they cleared out a table and just put pizza dough and the kids went crazy. I mean, they ended up making pizza that didn't look like pizza, right? But it was still edible and the kids more. So if anything, they just enjoyed doing it. So yeah, I guess our last thing is make popsicles and pizza for the summer. (laughs) Well, thank you, Elijah, so much for jumping on this podcast with me. I feel like you should be, I I don't have many dads that come on, which is sad because I'm looking for more dads to be a part of being Boomo. So I feel like you you and I should um, have more episodes together. I'd be
0: happy to, and I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me, Chriselle. And in fact, I can disguise myself next time as a different dad or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. We'll have a great rest of the day and we'll talk soon. Awesome. Okay, bye. Thanks. Bye. hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And it would mean the world to me if you took a second to rate, review and follow. It really is the best way to support the show. And don't forget to head over to our Instagram for more parenting tips and inspiration at Bumo Parent. And if you guys are looking for high quality virtual education for your little ones ages one through seven years old, make sure to check out at Bumo Brain on Instagram, or go to www.bumobrain.com. We have a wide range of topics that your little ones will surely get so excited about from Dr. Kidd to Chef Math to our foreign language program. We have all sorts of languages. Forbes called BoomO Brain the classroom of the future and it really is the best platform for early learners. Go to www.bumobrain.com to learn more.